targets the communications of everyone and ingests them by default. It collects them in its system and it filters them and analyzes them and measures them and it stores them. If you realize that that's the world that you helped create, that it's going to get worse with the next generation and the next generation to extend the capabilities of this sort of architecture and impression. You realize that you might be willing to accept any risk.
Secretive and elite. The Bilderberg Group unites the world's most powerful people behind closed doors. It's been happening for decades, and this year it's in Chantilly, Virginia, at the Marriott Hotel. The secrecy surrounding the conference has sparked many theories as to what exactly goes on in the meetings. Some even believe it's a venue where the world's most rich and powerful conspire to carve out a new world order. RT correspondent Abby Martin was in Chantilly, Virginia today to let us know what's happening outside of the Bilderberg Conference and joins us now to tell us all about it. Abby, nice to see you. Um, so we have a lot of powerful people all in one room. Happens all the time. So what's all the fuss about? I think the fuss is especially about this meeting. Um, it's different than other meetings because there is no corporate press coverage. We see a lot of meetings happening. We just saw NATO, G8. Um, it seems like everyone in the world knows about that. And there's tons of press, tons of protests, but Bilderberg Group um, doesn't have any press. There's no press releases. There's no official attendee um, press release out there. So no one really knows who it is that attends or what they're talking about. And um, so you were there uh, outside. I know you couldn't get too close, um, but you, I, uh, there were protests, I understand. What exactly are they protesting? They're protesting the egregious violation of federal law. There's, a, there's an act called the Logan Act, which says that you cannot meet with foreign diplomats without congressional oversight. And I think that that's really the main key here is people are like, hold on, why are there 130 of the most powerful world players in banking, mining, oil, food, media, defense, and politics why are they all getting together and meeting in secrecy behind closed doors without any congressional oversight or really any awareness of what it is they're talking about? Now, we have the, some of the most powerful people in the world, so you can presume that something is happening, something important is kind of brewing, but we don't know what. Um, and, and that's kind of bred a lot of theories. Um, do we know what they could be uh, talking about? 
Well, I think I think some theories have arisen because of things like the Euro, um, the North American Union, these these policies that have kind of been presented right after the Bilderberg Group that people kind of speculate, hold on, were these things theorized in this meeting? And you saw in 2008 um, when Obama infamously kind of skirted his press corps, which is with him 24-7, onto another plane. And... Um, said that he was going to be meeting with Hillary in Virginia, multiple meetings with multiple people, and it was never really disclosed what was happening. And then right after that, we saw that she was, his, you know, um, the, the, a very high position in his cabinet. So people speculate, you know, who is, what's going on at these meetings? Are these powerful political players being picked for policy positions? And it's just completely unknown to the public. And so people are speculating that this year, um, like every year in the past, they think that they're conspiring or maybe theorizing on how to control the Occupy Wall Street movement, control the Arab Spring movement, um, and how to control the currency. And I think that's what people are really worried about. And so, um, you know, since since people can come in and they can't hear what they're talking about, it is a lot of speculation, um, a lot of the theories that you just mentioned. But uh, is there any evidence to back up these suspicions or to back up these claims? Uh, there's no hard evidence other than what David Rockefeller and uh, also people in the Bilderberg Group have, have come out and said. I mean, all you can do is look at the members who have attended. There are leaks, there are moles inside Bilderberg every year that kind of put out um, things that were talked about, even though they're sworn to secrecy. Media moguls who go there are sworn to secrecy, but things do come out. And they talk about, you know, they, they release to the public what is being talked about and what is being said. And what these people say when they're confronted by independent journalists, you know, what was said there, what do you guys do there? They just say, oh, well, we just meet and talk. The problem about that is, I mean, when do 130 of the world's most powerful people just get together and just talk and have beers? I mean, there's they talk about policy and they talk about things that affect the entire world. Um, so the evidence really is the policies that we see after these meetings being implemented. And you just have to look at the people who are involved and what comes out of it. And it's really all speculation. But then again, um, is it? I mean, right. it's really... Uh, well, the buzz this year is Marco Rubio. Um, that That's what they're kind of talking about behind closed doors, that he... Uh, will be the pick for the um, Romney's running mate. Uh, any word about that while you were there? No word about that. People have been speculating that, and we'll definitely see what happens. I mean, we know that John Edwards was picked after attending the Bilderberg Group in 2004, um, and then he was picked as John Kerry's running mate. So people have said, you know, did they handpick him to really run it? I mean, it is really interesting, and we see in David Rockefeller's memoir, he says, if people charge me for running a secret cabal, um, I stand proud of it, and I hold those charges to be true. I mean, against American interests. He said this himself, and he is an integral member. He is the member of the Bilderberg Steering Committee that handpicks these 130 people every year, and it's kind of like they're shining stars of who they think that they could really pursue whatever it is they feel they need to. Mm. So today is day one of the Bilderberg Conference. Uh, what's next? Um, any big protests? Are they expected to grow in the coming days as this plays out? Yeah, absolutely. This is the first year, I think, where Occupy Wall Street and kind of the anti-New World Order crowd have really joined forces. And so we see the Occupy Bilderberg movement happening. We see hundreds of people that were out there today, which was really interesting because it's early Thursday and it's only expected to grow. Alex Jones came out there with his bullhorn right when I was uh, taking off back to the studios and he just told me, he said, you know, he expects thousands of people, especially on Saturday and Sunday when people are not um, at work and are able to show up. So it's it always very 
22nd of March 2017 and I am uh, coming at you through a recorded clip on jrevradio.com and ipmnation.com the songs you heard so far was Snowstorm by Deltronics and Metamorphosis by Bill Derberg and the interview clip you heard was a Russia Today interview with Abby Martin in 2012. I was asked in a private message, uh, and I'll get to some stuff at the top of the recording here, but first I want to address this thing. Why do I play so many old clips? Why don't I play something more recent and relevant? And first off, I, I plan to. Uh, especially if I decide to make this show longer, which let me know if y'all want to hear a longer version of this show or if you want to hear it live. Um, if if it were live, I'd, I think I'd have to have some sort of setup where I could reliably record live um, based on some sponsorship or some some deal like that, or just donate donations to my Patreon or some shit like that. But um, it's in the cards, it's in the options. But the reason I play so many old clips 
is because I want to really emphasize something. Something that if people understood would have a good deal of power. I don't know if it'd be the most powerful concept. In fact, I think it probably wouldn't be. But it's a fairly powerful concept to finally realize that the elites have an agenda that will not stop, that will not get breaks just because of a new president with a new label from a new party. Or from a third party or any other sort of partisan politics all of it will inevitably serve their interests and it's not that hard to rig it the Bilderberg group has been meeting for decades and it hasn't been stopped there still isn't any oversight that the citizens can get access to the grounds are patrolled by armed guards. Nobody gets in but the people invited. And it violates the Logan Act. They break their own laws right the fuck in front of you. And they always will. As long as they exist, they will do that. And they will get paid for it. And they will get favors for it. And they'll get nice, cushy houses. And careers where they can find the best ways to manipulate people, find the best ways to control them. This has been going on for a long time. It's mainstream news at this point. And it's a secret meeting that nobody affected by it except a tiny, tiny portion of those directly related to the elites get to know about. And they mock people who attempt to figure this shit out. They mock them because they know that when Obama leaves, you'll get Trump, who will make a few promises to go against Obama's existing strategies, but then play right into the hands of the next president, which will be a Democrat. After eight years of Trump, there's going to be eight years of a Democrat. Eight years of different policies affecting different groups of people and tightening the ratchet of status control on different subgroups of humanity. It's all the same machine. And it's going to be the same machine as long as it exists. So I play old clips. Well, older, anyway. 2012 isn't something I'd call old, but, uh, you know, apparently a few people disagree with that. I don't know, maybe I have a huge, like, uh, teen audience. But um, the reason I play old clips, at least by that definition is because people need to realize that the script looks an awful lot the same no matter which movie you're watching. If you vote in a president 
that seems like they're more like what you would consider a good president, that doesn't mean that they will be a better person for society. And it doesn't even mean that they'll be remarkably different to previous presidents. Obama was Bush 2.0. Bush was Clinton 2.0. Clinton was Bush 2.0. You see where I'm coming from? And the whole time, the, the same powers that have been affecting shit for a while still get their footholds. Like I said in last episode, that old Bilderberg chart, uh, which does need updating, is at the least useful to show people that the same powers that claim competition are very closely connected with one another. And the Federal Reserve still gets to have its monopoly on currency. The global bankster elites get to manipulate markets. Trends get to be built based on the latest wars that government officials are involved in. And the news ticker will read the actual tragedies and hardships that the world faces while people are paying more attention to the human interest story about puppies and charities in the big flashy picture in the middle of the screen. Testing whether or not you're paying attention to the real shit, the shit that should be news in the bottom of the screen. Here's looking at you, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox. It's never going to stop until people realize that there is no competition in any meaningful sense except the competition that makes it look like choosing one or the other could be better for you, so thus investing you in the process. It's cheerleading. It's sideline gestures making it look like it's not a puppet show. Panem et circenses, bread and circuses. It's still real. It's realer than ever. It's in your pocket. And this latest CAA leak, the Vault 7 shit, yeah, that is extremely bad news. But it's mostly just news to those who weren't paying attention to begin with. The normal person who goes about their life thinking everything is fine, or at least the things that aren't will be handled very soon by a grand jury decision. Or even less, the people that don't care at all. We're dealing with information dragnet collection systems. That's the reason I chose the first track, Snowstorm, which, by the way, very well done. Because it's good to remember that, yeah, the CIA stuff is bad. But it's just a different agency pulling the same shit that the NSA did back in the days of PRISM, Echelon, Stateroom, X-Key Score. 
and all the other alphabet suit programs that the agency threw out there. It's just another agency for the same clients. The info-gathering government who wants to make sure that they have all this shit on lockdown. And they do. Yeah, Vault 7 is bad, but it's just the latest in an information carousel. One that's been showing that the U.S. government has been acting actively in opposition to the way that they should if they represent the people's interests. For a very long time. This ain't news. And if I seem a little more irritated today, it's because I am. Because even that, the CIA leaks, even the latest huge trove of information, even that fell out of the news cycle. People have already lost interest in the fact that the CIA, which is designed and, and supposedly intended to spy on foreign powers, is spying illegally on American citizens in breach of contract with organizations that trusted them to expose vulnerabilities. Or at the least, had a wink-wink relationship with the CIA because they, you know, are connected by the Bilderberg Group. I mean, it's astonishing. People don't look at these connections, and when they do, they look at them so briefly that it doesn't fucking matter. I mean, if I wasn't already a cynic and a misanthrope, this shit would make me hate people. I'd say too bad I'm already there, but it's helped me realize that the world is controlled by a cabal of people who have very strong interests in your ignorance. The NSA got away with that shit for years. The CIA got away with that shit for years. All of this heavily classified shit spilling out now. Of course, redacted. Because it only works in small bites. If WikiLeaks released a gigantic trove of information, terabytes of shit in compressed form, and multiple terabytes of shit in uncompressed form, if they gave fucking half of what they have on Vault 7 and all of the information that they have on CIA spying, if they gave everything they say they have all at once, people would have, wouldn't have paid attention to it any fucking longer than they did with this. Because once it's out of the news feeds, they don't give a shit. They'd much rather talk about how the latest 
big awards show had a giant gaffe where somebody was given the wrong award. Well, you were given the wrong fucking security matrix. Do you give a shit about that? This, this shit, they promise to keep you safe. They say without them, you would not be able to be safe. Not even if your neighbors protected you because they want to make you feel isolated from the people that live closest to you, keep you suspended in fear. They want you to think that way because that way they're the only people you think you can turn to and they can get away with anything. As long as they provide you with this security. Well, do you feel safer knowing that the CIA was watching you through your fucking smart TV? Does it make you feel safer to know that they can hijack your USB devices and fuck with your software? You. Not a fucking Al-Qaeda or ISIS member. Not one of the, you know, evil black hat hacktivists that the news media likes to peddle like they're worse than anything. You. Average Joe gets caught up in a dragnet security system and automatically shit starts to go sideways, but you can't detect it because this is all the secret shit that they've been doing. And the, the CIA black bag operations that they used to pull where they would sneak into the house of a, a person the NSA needed intelligence on and hijack their computer with a USB drive and then sneak back out. Eventually, effectively black bagging the person so that any information that they may spill that is even of remote intelligence necessity they would have access to immediately and that's before that's before remote access was so fucking easy but they've got all these exploits now and they can easily access all of this shit and for every access point that we know about there's probably Thousands that we don't know about. And in the files for Year Zero, there's nerd references fucking everywhere because the people who build these things, these back doors, they aren't in it to invade some schmo's laptop. They just think they're doing something cool, having a neat career, and also doing something for national security. Because the CIA lied to them, too. The CIA lies to their contractors, their employees, fucking everything. And this has been going on for decades. It's not like this is new. So that's why I play old clips. That's my long-winded fucking rant on why I play old clips. Because this shit didn't change, and it's not gonna change until we do something about the fundamental root of this system, which is a statist Stockholm Syndrome parasite that feeds on the flesh of everyone.
We live in a world under surveillance where information, the average person's data, is what's under attack. And it's not under attack by foreign invaders or cyber attackers from China or Russia. It's from the people down the street who go to their NSA data center job. It's from the people down the street who report something from the See Something, Say Something campaign. It's from the people down the street that run the CIA operations outlet. It's from those people that you're under attack. But if you defend yourself from those people, you're a criminal, you're a terrorist threat, and you must be stopped. According to them, you are the enemy. Even though you're a better ally attacking the people that hold your chains to anyone, to any free person, than any government official has ever been in history. Yeah, the CIA can turn your devices, your smart devices, into a false off state and make it seem like they've been off, but also secretly recording and transmitting data. The NSA could already do that shit, and the FBI uh, has access to the NSA data centers. So, you don't think that interagency intel transfers would let you know that? That you're being watched? It's been less than a decade since the Snowden leaks, and people have already forgotten the basics of it. You are always under surveillance. You are always under informational assault from these motherfuckers. And we've already forgotten about the CIA. Yeah, there are still people talking about it, but it's not trending. And what's trending? Oh, Master Chef. Hacked TV shows. Not your hacked phone. Not your hacked TV, but hacked TV shows. The Flash. Being Mary Jane. Team USA. Oh, hey, moment of joy. Well, this show certainly isn't that. This is where we are. Where information vital to a fuller understanding of our enslavement as a human entity is forgotten as soon as it's put up for reality television and comic book shows. Nothing political in the trends right now. Nothing. Not even anything partisan. You know, for a left that said that they'd fuck shit up when Trump was in office, I don't see 
their presence much. And for a right that said that they'd oppose tyranny whenever it was there, a very vocal minority of right-wingers are the only ones doing that right now. And the people outside of the paradigm are too small in numbers, as of yet anyway, to trend. Too small in numbers to keep news in social media. And even if we were the majority, social media would just curate our shit away anyway, because they're affiliated with the elites. Yeah, yeah, the same, the same people that are connected to sponsors. Those same people that are connected to corporations are going to let you talk shit about those corporations and have just as much coverage? Lunacy. The information that they gather about us is in constant flow to their headquarters. The control net from their headquarters to every facet of our existence is spreading further and faster than ever before, and we care more about whatever is trending. They get to tell us what is important, and we believe them. And this isn't considered an odious or maleficent situation. This is considered normal, and if you talk religion or politics, you're the bad guy. No, don't be controversial. Don't bring up uncomfortable shit too regularly. I need my safe space now. And nobody's immune. The left needs their SJW safe space, but politics, specifically right-wing politics, is so well and thoroughly permeated into churches where if you speak out of turn, most of them will have you thrown out. I can guarantee it. If you oppose anything they say there, even if you're a Christian and saying that maybe they shouldn't speak politically in the name of God. They'll throw you out because you're causing a disturbance in the middle of their business meeting. Because even religion these days isn't about a walk with a God, if it ever was to begin with. It's about transmission of specifically curated messages. Make no mistake, there is no separation of church and state. The Bilderberg Group is affiliated with every major political, non-political, corporate organization on the planet. 
We don't get a safe space from them. And if we try to make one, they'll find a way to hack their way in. Bet your damn ass. And try to conceal your position? They'll think it's for a reason. They call trying to cover up IP addresses with fake IP addresses, basically proxy bouncing, mudging. You try to mudge your way at anything, and they'll have SWAT near you in no time flat. Guaranteed. Guaranteed, yo. This shit is real. And the only way it's next to your house, the only way your neighbors are involved at all, is if they're encouraging the same exact kind of system by being complacent. Or by being helpful. By being of direct assistance. By seeing something and saying something. By being a cog in the machine. But they're not dangerous because they're going to commit some grand crime against you. Doug Stanhope was right when he said that that sort of shit is based entirely in a naive and deluded sense of self-importance. Where somebody thinks that their life is going to be that news report. Your neighbors could be your allies. You could localize. You could get a community level where you didn't need to worry about what China was doing. Where you wouldn't need to rely on Bilderberg-backed motherfuckers to deal with your shit. But instead, they have us di so divided against one another that we would rather riot in the streets and fight each other with fists than raise those fists in resistance to the government that fucked us over in the first place. That's the world we live in. That's the shitty, fucked-up world we live in. Because we allow it to happen by letting shit drop off our radar. As soon as it's out. It's not going to get better. Not until we roust these people out. Not until we raise up the organizations that could remove them from their seats of power permanently by making them fucking obsolete. Instead of them making us obsolete. Instead of them planning cities without property. Without privacy. And with a universal basic income.
treating us like pets. Watching our every move by devices that we regularly log into and carry around with us in our pockets. Devices with gyroscopes that can measure our health, but that we don't consider can also measure our feelings, our thoughts, our ideas, our lives. And every day, we get up and we pour our hearts and souls into these things. We take surveys and tell them what we enjoy. We play the latest phone game and participate in programs so that we can get in-game perks. We become advertisers for people so that we can get access to basic features of applications that we don't even need. The generation of the most expensive, most corporate hoard freeware on the planet. And it's going to get worse. I'd like to think that when I talk about this sort of shit, or when I become involved in this sort of shit, that it doesn't fall on deaf ears. And I don't think it does. It certainly doesn't fall on no ears. I've somehow gotten number one on IPM Nation. And I've somehow gotten a huge amount of interest from a bunch of other people in my in my... Angry rants. And I don't particularly know why. I mean, I'm pretty sure that there are countless other talking heads on the internet that you could listen to. But for some reason, you listen to me, which thank you so much. I don't know why you chose me, but you did. And I hope to reach as many people as often as possible as I can. And I hope y'all share this, this stream whenever and wherever you can. And share the archive links on JREV Radio and IPM Nation so that people can listen to it anytime. But what I do know is that I'm one guy. I can hope to inspire a generation of vigilance and change, but that's all I can hope for. I can hope to maybe lead some people to the right information that they can then transmit, but that transmission is the only thing that really counts. Because if I'm saying this, the people in my audience typically of the sorts of people who already sort of suspected it to begin with. But it doesn't matter if it makes somebody uncomfortable. Talk politics. Talk religion. Do it before it's too late. Before humanity is plunged into a statist oblivion from which we cannot return until nuclear fire envelops the earth.
There are too many psychopathic people with their hands on too many red buttons controlling too many massive death devices. Bioweapons. White phosphorus cluster bombs. Intercontinental missiles. A global attack grid of nuclear bombs that could fuck all of humanity up, Terminator style. And too many psychopaths with access to those sorts of things. And Trump didn't drain the swamp. He was never planning on it because he's connected to the swamp. The Bilderberg Group is connected to every organization that his is. It's all a massive fucking net of control, and if you make sure to pay attention to all of the facets of it, you can detect that sort of thing. Or if you can just realize that Trump didn't get the popular vote, he got the electoral vote, and he got in because the elites wanted him there. You don't get to be president. You don't get to be a power player unless you serve their interests. And if people at least started to recognize that, the global revolution against tyranny would be worlds easier. At least maybe for a week until Degrassi got a reboot. And this is the world we live in. And no, I don't want to be doom and gloom about it, because there's a possibility we can win this. But what it's going to involve is listening to people like me. Listening to not just me, but other people like me. People with lots and lots of informational sources regularly, and spreading this to the people you know. Spreading that info virus. Making sure that you aren't the only informed people in your network. You listeners have a task you can complete here. You have a possible goal of a free society. And I know a lot of you know that because a lot of you know me from communications and we've talked and you've told me how you wanted to be involved in freedom or how you understood that the system was trash and corrupt and evil. But this is your chance. And so are a ton of other chances. We have the opportunity to win this if we educate everyone we know. If we keep everyone on task, we can have a free world. Maybe not while I'm alive, but I don't give a shit. If I can die knowing that I possibly, even remotely possibly, made the world a freer place, that will be a life worth living. But that's just it. That's the life worth living. Is fundamentally changing the status quo for the better. Is making a better imprint on society than your neighbor does. Not by hating your neighbor. Not by thinking that they're taking your jobs. Or by thinking that just because they're white, they're a problem. Or by thinking that because they're black, they're a criminal but by organizing and seizing the roots of society, the wicked evil roots of society, and pulling them out until a giant chasm of fertile soil 
is there upon which a free society can be planted. We have a chance here. This is not doom and gloom, even though the whole thing probably sounds like that. This is a wake-up call. We have the chance for freedom, or at least to give our children the best gift that we could possibly give them. A society that doesn't treat them as numbers and a system, as debt cattle, as soon as they've been ejected from the womb. It's sick! But we have an opportunity to make it healthy. Anyway. Couple projects I'm involved in, and I'm gonna talk about them. In fact, I'll just go through the gambit. I've got a couple minutes. Chain Reaction Podcast, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Myself and Jeremiah Andre is on hiatus right now while he figures some stuff out. Um, myself and Jeremiah Mitchell talk politics, shoot the shit. We have guests occasionally. We'll probably have some more guests. But anyway, YouTube, Chain Reaction Podcast, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also... Uh, I have a Freedom Bed and Breakfast project that I've become social media coordinator for. And this project is designed for free travel, unreported to the government with peer-to-peer -peer blockchain transactions for bed and breakfasting. Basically like Airbnb for...